I am your host Victoria Batman and this is Grieving Hearts. This is a podcast to support families of traumatic grief. Any bereavement or loss is traumatic, however, traumatic bereavement occurs when the loss is sudden, violent and unexpected and carries the potential for longer term psychological problems for the bereaved. My grief journey started in April 2019 when my 11-year-old son Josh was killed in a hit and run by an elderly unlicensed driver. After struggling to find the appropriate counselling support for myself and my family, we found ourselves left to deal with our grief alone. After contacting many professional bereavement counselling services and having to relive the trauma by explaining the circumstances of the loss of Josh, we were then added to waiting lists for support. Research shows that early interventions of support for families of traumatic grief are paramount in helping to prevent long-term psychological problems. My aim for this podcast is to help families feel less alone with their grief. I want to bring together a community of support for each other in the hope that when families feel ready to listen to our podcast, we'll be able to help and support each other through sharing our own personal experiences. Our guests will speak about the loss of their loved one and the circumstances of their death, aftercare support received from professional services, the mental health support available to families of traumatic grief, self-help advice for families living with traumatic grief, such as any learned therapies or techniques or daily routines they have found have helped with calming their mind and processing their emotions, anxieties, panic attacks and depression. We will be speaking with Stephen Regal, Professor Clinical Lead for Trauma Resilience, Growth and Veteran Services from Nottinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust. We'll also be speaking with Tara Nash from the Conscious Grief Series and looking at learned techniques to support grief and their benefits on the healing process. We shall also be speaking with Anne Junecliffe, a Reiki master, speaking about the benefits Reiki can have with the healing process. Reiki is a form of treatment called healing energy. Energy is transformed through the Reiki master in order to help the client release any physical or emotional issues they have been holding onto. I will start with my story. Josh was the most kind, caring and loving son and brother with a true heart of gold. Josh was athletic and good at all sports, loving his football, boxing and was an incredibly fast runner. He loved school and had lots of friends. He was an avid gamer, a huge fan of Fortnite. Josh was Chris and I's second child, loved by his older sister Demi and younger siblings Lois and Luca. Josh was my only son for 11 years in between his sisters. He was the best, so kind-hearted and loving. He always went out of his way to make sure I was okay. The children broke up for the Easter holidays and I was nine months pregnant and due to be induced. The first week of those holidays were were preparing everything for Luca to be born. I was waiting for an induction date when the day arrived. The children were so excited, especially Josh. On arrival for induction to the hospital, They told us it wasn't going to be possible and that we had to go home for the weekend and come back on Monday. We went home, told the children. I remember they were so disappointed. On the Saturday, Josh and his 13-year-old sister Demi asked if they could go to the fun fair, which was five minutes away with some friends. 
after the disappointment of the previous few days, we let them go to the fair. We were going to pick them up from there, but when the time came to pick them up, they called to say they had walked to the local park with friends. We told them to stay at the park and we would pick them up from there. Their friends had to leave to get the bus home, so they walked with them to the bus stop. This was when Josh was struck in a hit and run by an elderly driver who turned out to be unlicensed and he had been seen in the pub just minutes before the incident. Demi called us in hysterics and was screaming saying Josh had been hit by a car. We ran to the scene and the emergency services were already there fighting to save Josh's life. Josh was airlifted to the Royal London Hospital. We arrived to the hospital the same time as Josh and I got to see Josh before he went for his scans. We was asked to wait in a side room for the results of his scans. These revealed a bad brain injury and he was then taken straight to surgery to relieve the pressure on his brain. This was when I realised for the first time just how bad it was. It was such a shock for us all. I constantly thought Josh was going to be okay. I don't know why, but that's just how I felt. And then we were told he would be lucky to make it out of surgery. But then he did, so I felt like because he'd come through the surgery that he was going to be okay. But that was not to be the case. Following surgery, he was admitted to intensive care, where despite the surgery, he continued to deteriorate. I remember seeing some members of the team reviewing Josh on their ward rounds. I asked them if he was going to be okay. I don't remember their exact words, but they explained he wasn't going to be okay, and I just totally broke down, screaming in the corridor. I think I collapsed against a wall, and ran and hid in the toilet for a while. I don't know how doctors do it, it must be the worst thing you could ever say to someone. At this point, they mentioned needing to carry out a brainstem test, and they suggested getting the family together to spend some time with Josh before they carried out the testing. The next day we had a meeting to discuss the brainstem test and plans for me to be induced. We organised for Demi and Lois to see Josh. They were still unaware. They thought Josh was coming home, if I'm honest. I remember Lois was only seven. She came into the ward. She didn't recognise Josh. She didn't want to go in. She said he didn't look like Josh. She just kept asking when he was going to come home. I had to say that he might not be. He might be going to heaven. That was the worst thing I ever had to say. It was really hard to tell the children. After they saw their brother, they left. They should have stayed with me, but there was no offer to stay. I wasn't thinking. Looking back, they shouldn't have gone home. They should have stayed with me. I don't even think they knew that was goodbye, but it was. My brother took them and my mum and dad were with me. Now I feel they should have stayed with me. They should have been there. I remember being in so much pain, I didn't know how to deal with everyone else's pain on top of my own. It's really hard, but I now so wish that we had all stayed together. The brainstem testing was done the next day, which sadly confirmed our worst fears that Josh had died. I was always thinking Josh would survive, even right to the end, even when I had to say goodbye to him. 
I kept thinking he was going to be okay. I got to lie with him for a bit and then I had to be induced to have Luca, so it was all a rush. I knew it had to be done, but I just felt like every decision I made was so rushed. After Luca was born, we spent the day with Josh laying and cuddling. I got some pictures. I was really grateful for that time. Josh had really wanted a brother. It was nice they got the time together. That was another reason why I wanted to be in juice so they got time together, as well as my health. I was worried about the effect the trauma could have had on my pregnancy. I think I had forgotten about being pregnant. The hospital were really amazing. The whole team were lovely. Even though I hadn't been booked to have Luca there, they made it happen so we could all be together as a family. We had a priest come to see Josh, it was important to us, and I remember him reading the prayers, especially for the children. The hospital gave Josh a beautiful blanket, which we still have, a lovely memory box, which I'm glad they did because I wasn't thinking about anything like that at the time. They did his handprint and his hair lock and I really cherished that, it was lovely. I'm so glad they did it. A nurse had been following my mum around asking about organ donation. My mum felt really uncomfortable about this as she could see how much pain we was all in. My mum mentioned to Chris and Chris asked me. My first reaction was why are they asking about Josh's organs when he's going to be okay? But as time went on I realised that was not going to be the case and we had the conversation again. This was when Chris mentioned I was watching a morning TV programme where a young boy with a brain tumour was going to donate his organs. Josh watched this and said he would like to do the same. I know big decisions needed to be made but I felt like I made a lot of massive decisions in a short space of time. We were proud that Josh was an organ donor we have since received two letters, one from a four-year-old girl and the other from a mum who was really ill on dialysis. She was thanking us and saying she had been able to go back home and be a mum again. Hearing this was comfort to the whole family. We are so thankful for the time the hospital gave us together. I do think if we'd lost him at the roadside, that would have been devastating. I now know it's likely Josh died at the roadside but they did get him back and I'm grateful for that because we've got that bit of extra time and Luca got to be with Josh for a bit. Once we said goodbye to Josh, it was really horrible to stay at the hospital. Luca was a little jongdies and for his health we had to stay in. It was so hard because we wanted to go and see Josh but he wasn't there anymore. We left hospital three days after Josh died, which wasn't even a week after the accident. We didn't return home to our house, instead we stayed with my parents as I could not face going home without Josh. It was just too painful. I wasn't eating or sleeping a lot. Waking up to reality was the hardest. Having Luca was a miracle, I think he helped everyone. He brought us all through it. I don't know if I would have got out of bed without him. Such a blessing. He forced me to carry on. I remember in the first few weeks, I would wake up and for a split second things were okay. Then it would hit me, complete panic, the soul-shattering pain that Josh was gone and total disbelief of thinking this cannot be real. It's a roller coaster of pain and emotion. One minute you think you and your family are going to be okay and the next you feel like you cannot go on. 
The first few months there was ongoing input from the police due to the nature of Joshie's death, meaning we were assigned a family liaison officer. As a family we had a challenging time with the police and ongoing investigation adding to unnecessary stress and anxiety. Because of the investigation there was a lot of waiting for updates, reports and his death certificate. We didn't get the final death certificate until 18 months after he had died following the criminal trial. We did get the interim death certificate allowing us to have his funeral. Josh's funeral was around two months after he died. I couldn't face seeing him at the funeral home because I kept thinking it was all a mistake and maybe it hadn't been Josh. So my mum and dad offered to check in on him for us. It was reassuring to no, he still had his blanket and rosary beads around him. We had all written notes and they were all still there. This meant a lot. On the day of his funeral, we had a horse and glass carriage to carry his coffin, which had fortnight pictures on it. Everything was fortnight. There were so many people there. Josh was cremated. He is in his bedroom probably playing fortnight. We wanted him at home where he should be. I thought it best for the girls to go back to school for some normality, but they really struggled. With Lois, a bereavement charity came in to help for about a month at the start. They said she was coping and she didn't need further support. They said they would offer follow up, but that did not happen. And I have never heard from them again. But Lois did just get on with it. She is doing well at school. Sometimes she doesn't want to talk. I think she just wants to try and get back to some normality. But I do wonder how it will affect her as she grows up. The family liaison officer managed to get Demi support at school with a counsellor. Demi is still seeing her now. But it will come to an end as she is leaving. Demi was with Josh at the time of the incident and saw everything. She still really suffers. Accessing local mental health services have been a struggle with a wait of two and a half years for them to call. When they did, we were just put on another waiting list for therapy. Because of the wait, I have had to pay for private therapy. Her and Josh were really close and it's been so hard on her. Everyone misses him. In the beginning, it was hard to go out and do anything. Everything you did just didn't feel right, even going to the shop. You'd see people and they'd know and they'd talk to you and you'd just get emotional. It was all the little things in the beginning, like when you'd go to the shops and see things he would have liked. Another thing that was hard was getting back to the school run, taking Demi to school when Josh should have been there. He was so excited to go to secondary school. In November 2020, we had to endure a criminal trial. We went to the whole trial, it was 10 days long, and we went every day. This was very difficult. It didn't happen until a year and a half after he died. It was hard to listen to all the evidence, some old and some new. Despite the difficulty in initially obtaining information and evidence, the driver who hit Josh was found guilty of causing death by careless driving and driving a motor vehicle whilst unlicensed, resulting in a two-year prison sentence. We were shocked and disgusted at the leniency of the sentence. He was sentenced to two years in January 2021, 
but only spent one year in prison and was released in January 2022 without us being informed. What happened to Josh has changed our family forever. I try to get through the day by still doing the things we would have been doing with him here and sometimes it feels like he's still with us. But dates like birthdays, Easter, Christmas are so much harder. You don't look forward to them. You just know how much harder they are now. It's another one he's missed. I try to be happy for my other children. And I think that is what has got me through. They still deserve to have a good life. Saying that, sometimes it's hard. I can't help crying. Whenever we are coming up to Josh's anniversary, it's overwhelming. And I don't stop thinking about it. What makes it even harder is that Luca was born same day Josh died. I try to keep Josh's death and Luca's birthday as separate as I can. Luca deserves that. It is hard though. When you have a baby you remember everything about the day they were born. But for us it's hard. A day full of mixed emotions. I've started to plan things around that date so we're not just sat there thinking about it. Last year we took Luca to a theme park for his birthday and he loved it. We haven't been away since Josh died, so for this year I have booked a camper van at Canberra Sands for Luca's birthday. We find it hard to go away, holidays feel like what's the point, because it always feels like someone's missing. But I'm hoping it'll be good, we'll make it good. Since Josh died, we just tried to have lots of days out. At the beginning we tried to go to places we had been before and it felt like we had him with us. But now we are trying new places. Nothing ever feels right so you plan it and hope it goes okay. We talk about him a lot when we are out, saying what he would have liked about what we are doing. We do like to talk about him. We keep talking about him. The words keep him alive. We will never forget about him. Our memories keep him alive and we always will speak about Josh. A week before the accident we went mining looking for crystals and Josh loved it. He found loads of different stones. Now every time we go to the spot we bring back a stone. We've got a collection. We've got so many. The special ones are in his room. Josh's bedroom is still the same. We haven't changed it. It feels like it's his. The girls feel the same too. It's still how it was and that's how it will stay. It's not just the family who have been suffering. It's really affected a few of Josh's close friends. One doesn't attend school anymore. I think lockdown didn't help as none of them were able to see each other. I do keep in contact with all his friends. For his 14th birthday we had an event at Brands Hatch with Supercast with all his friends. It was such an amazing day because Josh loved the Fast and Furious. I wanted to do something I knew he would have loved and enjoyed. Josh's school were very supportive. I was invited to his Lewis assembly and they are planting a tree in Josh's memory in the school grounds. I set up our charity Josh's Heart of Gold in November 2021 to support bereaved families following the loss of a child or young person. It aims to be there for people 
when they want or are ready to talk or receive advice and support. I don't know what I would have done without it. It's given me something to focus on. It feels like something positive has come out of this whole thing. I'm hoping the charity will help others through what is an unimaginably painful time. It has helped me. When I look back and think of the early days after Josh died, I feel like I was in a totally different world, like I was in a daydream and everything was just happening around me. To be honest, feeling like that went on for a year or two. It didn't go away after weeks or months. You ask yourself, how are you going to go on without your loved one? You don't want to exist without them. I often struggle to breathe with the pain that my son has been gone for four years. People say it gets easier with time, but it doesn't. It gets harder but you learn to cope with the pain. You learn to deal with your pain on a day-to-day -day basis. Some days it takes over you and some days you manage it better. It doesn't get easier. All you can do is take each day at a time and you will find a way through. If you can find a positive thing to focus on, try and focus on that. What time has shown me is that my grief will last as long as my love for Josh, which is forever. I do feel like people think I should be better now. I know it's been four years, but it really doesn't feel like that. I don't know where the time has gone. I see Josh's friends all growing up and I miss him so much. Josh had so much kindness, love and joy to give. Words cannot explain our loss.